If you're a senior executive looking to transition to boards, check out our Fast Start Guide to Board Success. In this short guide, we'll answer all of your questions about landing a paid board role and we'll share some of the rookie errors executives make when trying to climb the board ladder. Jump on our website, boardcoachinginstitute.com.au or click on the link in the show notes to access your free copy today. If you're looking for board success, let us show you how. There is a pretty big danger because these people in general, they can push themselves, but the side effect of pushing yourself too much is that you become burned out without even realizing it. It's kind of almost like a catch-22 because these sort of people, they love to just pursue and go for the goal, but if they're not looking after their physical body from what they're putting in, then their mental body and their mental well-being will also suffer. Hi, I'm Sally Parrish, Amazon best-selling author of The Essential Field Guide for Company Directors and founder of the Board Coaching Institute. I've been in, on and around boards for over 20 years. And if you, like me, are passionate about the boardroom, then this podcast is for you. And I'd love you to join me on this mission to decode board success. What is it that sets some non-executive directors apart from the rest? How can you enhance your leadership skills so you can be highly effective in the boardroom? And what will it take to make board success a reality for you? I hope you enjoy these episodes as much as I love making them and that they unlock the secrets for you to gain a competitive advantage and have massive impact and influence in your board roles. Let's get started. So in this episode, we're joined by Sean Tucker from Healthy CEOs, who has an interesting title, a physical performance practitioner. And today we're talking about mastering your health to win. Sean works with high-level athletes, CEOs, directors, executives, and business owners, and shows them how to perform in the top 1%. And it's doing some really important work in corporations right now around the mental well-being legislation. So let's dive straight in. Welcome, Sean. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you, Sally. It's such a pleasure to be here. And yeah, wow, there's there's so much to unpack straight away. I love it. (laughs) Well, let's start by asking, what is a physical performance practitioner? It's a a great question. I think within this space, I consider myself, it is coaching, but the idea of being a practitioner and I suppose physical performance practitioner is really giving frameworks of how this person can construct themselves to be the ultimate sort of version of themselves. So it's not a reliance on, I need a coach, I need a coach to hold my hand for the rest of my life. Once you understand the frameworks of how you are built, and how you can master yourself, that's really the key to yeah, creating the life that you really want. I love that. So empowering executives so that they can be the best version of themselves rather than coaching them along the way. Absolutely, yeah. There's, like you said, a lot to unpack here. And we're focusing on wellness today. And wellness for me is one of the big three that I think boards should be working on right now. The other two being ESG and technology. I think when it comes to board work, we've got performance and compliance. 
And whilst that governance side is really, really important, I think we need to do a lot more in the wellness ESG and tech space if we're going to be innovative, leading businesses that, you know, set the world on fire, make us one to watch. So let's talk about uh, firstly, how you work with individuals, and then we can talk about the work that you do within organizations. So within your framework, you're talking about looking at three key areas within our lifestyle. So we've got the mindset, we've got the nutrition, and we've got the movement. And I'm glad that you call it movement and not exercise because that's mm-hmm. a word that sends me running for the hills personally. Absolutely. <laughs> I can walk all day long, but don't ask me to exercise. Let's talk about those things because COVID's obviously had an impact on lifestyle. And, you know, for some people that was for good and for others like myself, not so good. There's a few of us walking around with a few extra kilos and maybe not quite as active as we were. I know a lot of mums in the playground aren't putting their kids through so many activities now. You know, before COVID, they had three or four activities on the go. And now we've kind of paired that back a bit and the kids are doing less activities we tend to do less running around now so talk to me about nutrition and movement for someone that really needs to make a big improvement in that area what would your top tips be i think understanding your physiology so from a very scientific perspective what is the minimum effective dose for your body to get what it needs from its food and from its activity so movement to actually get into a place where you're physically performing better, you're mentally performing so much better than you were before, and life just sort of happens in the way that you you kind of almost let go into it. You don't have to you know stress about oh, but this guy up the street's doing this much and I'm only doing this much. It's not comparing yourself to anyone else, but it's just understanding you at a deeper level from that physiological scientific perspective i think that's really key and that's sort of a missing link in uh especially in this space of health and wellness because when you start to understand that everybody's body is a little bit different there's certain aspects like certain people intermittent fasting for example works really great for others not so much for certain people a little bit of movement like walking and that kind of thing is perfect for them but other people need to go on you know more intense bouts of exercise because that's how they actually get their energy so it's just deciphering which is which is right for them and i love that that really explains why you know i have friends that get results and and i just can't get the same results trying to do what they do so finding your own thing i think when we talk about goals you'll often find that people do have some form of health goal whether that's weight whether that's fitness whatever it is for them but my take on it is that health is not the goal health is the vehicle right you can have all the goals in the world but if your body isn't healthy you're never going to be able to achieve those goals so I like how you talked about physiology there because for me that kind of brings it back to purpose you know we need to have healthy bodies for the purpose of what we're trying to achieve and when you bring that back to physiology that to me makes it I don't know, more overarching than just worrying about what I'm going to have for dinner this evening or if I'm going to get to the gym next week. So I love how you do that. We're not well informed 
on the things that we put into our body, the foods, the drinks, the things that we're eating and drinking every day. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of bad information Absolutely. how do we start to navigate navigate that minefield this is this is an interesting question because we've come so far in terms of we have the information so with tech right with the technology available today we have the information at our palms right it's ready we can search up on whatever engine you want and just find whatever piece of information or misinformation that you can find possibly anywhere and this is where it becomes even more complex because you've got people that are thinking that they need to do this, which works for some people, but not all, because once again, it comes back to the individual's uh, biochemistry, but also like the size of their body. It's really difficult to understand where to start. So we actually use a third-party sort of platform here, and they're called PHA, so Precision Health alliance is is the name of the company and they're formerly known as ph360 and these guys look at you know ancient sort of i would say ayurvedic medicine and body types so ayurvedic doshas where it looks at you know mesomorph ectomorph and endomorph which most people have heard of but they don't really truly understand it's actually the different sort of body types and this is looking at the length and the circumference of different limbs of the body and these guys have really just taken this to a, a new level and looked at the three different body types and gone into, well, now there's six. And each person has a, has a number that correlates to their body type. So when you look at this, it actually comes back to not so much the food you're consuming, but what's more important is actually the time of the day that you're actually eating, you're exercising, and the time of the day when you're eating is actually more important than what you're sort of putting into your body. So when you look at the foundation aspects of, okay, my body is, you know, it's a crusader or it's primarily ectomorphic, which means that it needs to get quite a lot of carbohydrates in to have the energy for the brain to kind of operate at the level that it needs to operate. And because the brain prefers glucose as a as a primary fuel source the quickest way to get that in is through carbohydrates and so they need carbohydrates all the time throughout the day so breakfast lunch dinner also snacks as well but for someone that are generally some other body types they're known as endomorphs which are generally bigger their frames are a little bit bigger this actually comes back to the length of their gut so their length the length of the gut is a little bit longer meaning that the food they eat has more time to sit in there and actually be digested properly. So they do a lot better having longer rest period between their meals. Snacking is not such a great thing for these, this body type either, but it really comes back to, okay, where do you start? This is where I start. Understanding what body type they are using the software. And there is a, there is a free test that you can do and it's about 80% accurate on their website and it just gets you in the ballpark of where you need to start swinging if it was a baseball thing right yeah so there's different ballparks yeah once you get in your ballpark now you can start hitting you know home runs yeah i love it and once you feel a bit of success and that gives you the motivation to keep 
going. There's a lot of clients that I work with that do marathons and triathlons. So there are a lot of execs that are super, super focused on the mm-hmm. fitness and the well-being. What's the correlation between that healthy body, healthy mind? What's the correlation in terms of getting the outcomes that you want? You talk about master your health to win. How mm-hmm. does that happen? Well, it's, it's interesting because most, I would say, people in that in that area or that role that they're in, especially if they're more keen to do things like triathlons and you know endurance sort of events, it sort of suggests to me that they're probably one body type more so than the others, which is interesting because when you look at that body type, I'm also the same. So we become very, very focused and goal-driven and almost the emotional intelligence is there but they're so aware of their own emotions, but this what's more important is achieving the goal because it's dopamine that is the primary hormone for that body type, which means they can literally just tunnel vision focus on whatever it is that they have as their goal. So they love, you know, these endurance events where they can, it's almost like a linear game. They're just constantly at this level where they can just glide along and get to the finish line. And it's not so much about achieving the goal. It's actually more about the pursuit of the goal that gets these people really fired up. That makes a lot of sense because it doesn't matter what event they complete. They're always looking for the next one. So it's never about the outcome. It's never about arriving at done. And these three clients are all the same. They're always pushing and striving that I'm, you know, the three that I'm thinking of right now. So... That's a good indication in terms of where the mental wellness comes into this, right? Because they've obviously got the physical wellness, but what about mental well-being? If you're the type of person that keeps pushing and pushing and pushing, what's the danger on that side? There is a pretty big danger because these people in general, they can push themselves, but the, the side effect of pushing yourself too much is that you become burned out without even realizing it. And this is an area where we definitely specialize in and is actually recovering people from burnout and burnout prevention. So one of the key aspects of you know burning out is what happens is you burn out your mineral reserves inside of your body. So mineral reserves are things like, you know, your sodium, your chloride, your potassium, your magnesium. This is what gets burned out when you burn yourself out. So it actually takes quite a lot of effort to not only, you know, get your vegetables and things like that where you get lots of minerals in, but things like salt. So a really good raw salt that you can get into your body that has really, really high quality minerals in it is going to do your body so much better than, you know, just going and get a, you know, a sports drink that's full of sugar, Mm, right? Yeah. So it's kind of almost like a catch-22 because these sort of people, they love to just pursue and go for the goal. But if they're not looking after their physical body from what they're putting in, then their mental body and their mental well-being will also suffer because they can almost just tune out to the rest of the world. Yeah. So what I'm starting to appreciate during this chat here is that one end of the spectrum you've got mental health impacting on our ability to eat well and to move 
And at the other end of the scale, you've got our mental wellness being impacted by trying to do much in that space. So it's a real balancing act, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, this is where they talk about, you know, balancing the yin and the yang. Yeah. Because if you're not resting well, and what happens when your mental well-being is suffering is your sleep goes downhill. Yeah. What's the best way to recover your body physically and mentally? is sleep like depression itself it's deep rest like getting into the the state of just being able to rest and rest really well to recover your body this is the key yeah and a lot of high performers can't rest we don't rest we Mm -hmm. keep going we are overachievers perfectionists you know supermen superwomen and we just keep going and that taking time for ourselves almost needs to be excused you know I sat down to read a book because I've been on my feet for four hours today and I just felt like we should just be doing these things automatically they should be part of our week what I love about your philosophy Sean is the very first time we started speaking I expected you know almost a kind of sergeant major sort of drill mentality you know buy your bed give me 20 push-ups blah 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 and you actually have a really gentle but scientific approach to what you do and some of the advice that you gave me was you know just make really small changes if you're not in the space to make a big change then make a little change and let's look at the compounding results of doing that so you talked about sort there and one of the things I did do was change my sort so change from a Himalayan Mm -hmm. sort to a Murray River sort getting more minerals and I got to tell you my 11 year old absolutely loves you because now she can throw salt all over her dinner, <laughs> she you know she yeah. thinks you're the bee's knees now. <laughs> awesome. So I mean that that's part of the misinformation, right? Salt's bad for you. Don't eat too much salt. Actually, there's a salt that's good for you, and in moderation, you know it can be absolutely very beneficial. Yeah. So look, we've looked at the individual, and I think there's probably not a person listening to this episode that knows that they need to eat well and they need to move. But thank you for some guidance there into understanding different types of bodies and the different types of movement that we might need. And, you know, hopefully that is some food for thought to go and check out that resource, the the PHA, find out what body type we have and what our specific body needs and will respond best to. Absolutely talk about wellness at the corporate level because this is what frightens me you know an individual you know they can monitor themselves and know how well or not they're doing on a wellness scale but as a corporation how do we manage all the people within that organization and ensure that they're doing well and and there's some really great legislation that's come into force now but it does put the onus squarely on the corporation doesn't it Absolutely. And it's quite, I don't know, it's quite actually terrifying from many, many regards because the legislation that passed September last year handed over the responsibility of the mental health or the employees to the organization or to the company. And so if there's any sort of employee that has any mental health issues and work is a contributing factor to the outcome of this employee what can happen is if there's no mental health policy and there's no proactive action in terms of managing or helping the employee from that perspective there could be literally a jail sentence or a fine 
of substantial amount, you know, you're guilty until proven, sorry, you're innocent until proven guilty, right? So if the lawyer comes against you and says, look, you didn't do anything and you didn't even have a policy in place, that is a huge responsibility placed on the employer now. So understanding your employees is one thing, but actually having the tools and the resources available for your employees there ready at the get-go and having your professionals and people in the the space of being you know an expert in this area come into your organization and actually reassure is one thing help create awareness is another thing for your employees and just help them feel supported because let's say the last three years especially with you know with COVID happening and that kind of thing change happened very quickly very very quickly and especially in, in Melbourne like we went through six lockdowns and it all happened within, you know, announcement that closed down the whole city within, you know, less than 24 hours. Change doesn't normally happen that quickly. So what are the what are the on flow effects of this for the general, you know, population? If someone's struggling and you don't know, you simply don't know. It's creating that environment where people can feel vulnerable. And a lot of the times I find that the employee or people in general don't feel that not able to get into that state of vulnerability because they don't have that almost, it's not that they don't trust the people that they're around, it's that they almost have a fear of being vulnerable, whether they might be judged, whether they might, you know, be put in a position that kind of not demotes them in, in that sort of sense, but. I think it's that fear of being judged is what it really comes down to. So if you're an employer of an organization, having a third party come in where they're completely detached from knowing really the organization at the level that you know it and knowing the people, I think it just creates that almost like safe space for people just to come become a bit more vulnerable. Yeah, and I love that. And I love the work that you're doing with organizations to provide that third party service that, you know, not just ticks the boxes for mental wellness, but actually provides tools and strategies for the organization so that all of their employees can enjoy well being. And I think that's important for a few reasons. You know, firstly, you know, as a coach, I'm an advocate for well being and I've worked in organizations that have had mental health issues and patterns even there are different industries that have higher patterns of poor mental health than others so as a as a coach that's worked in that space I you know fully embrace this work but you know just on that human being level we need to be better at looking after each other and spotting the signs and helping supporting and you said awareness but it's having those strategies as well once you are aware as a professional I'd be talking to my clients people on boards about defensible positions so you know like you say if this goes wrong and sometimes it does that's the nature of the mental wellness beast it does sometimes go wrong but if it goes wrong you want to be in a position of knowing that you've done everything you possibly could have you know, that you took every step, that you took the advice, you took the guidance, you wrote the policies, you made sure the policies were effective in the organization, you monitored them, you you threw enough resources at them for them mm-hmm. to work. And that's truly what a defensible position is. It's not 
you know, what went wrong, but it how did this go wrong? So if you work on a board and you want to sleep at night, I would really look at just looking at what would be your defensible position around the current mental well-being practices that you have in place in your organization yeah but, absolutely but bigger than that sean right take the legislation away and and take away you know the need for this and why we should be doing it but the opportunities that come with an organization that do have you know high regard for well-being what do you know about those types of organizations what are the results that they see the opportunity lies within once you can have someone basically flourishing in the environment right it's like planting a seed in a very fertile soil versus something that's like sand the difference between sand and soil is actually the organic matter that exists in the soil Sand has everything that it needs to be soil. It's just missing one key component. And I feel like that's a huge disconnect, but also opportunity within the organizations that are ready to kind of allow their employees to flourish, right? Because if you go and plant that seed and you just put it in the fertile soil, well, whatever you've just planted can turn into like whatever you want it to be, right? So if you planted an apple tree, well, it's going to turn into a beautiful big apple tree given that you water it and allow it to continue to flourish. Whereas if you just go and put it in the sand, what's going to happen? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I love it. And that word flourish, I mean, that really sums it up for me. If I have an organization and I've got employees that are flourishing, they're engaged. They're bringing Mm -hmm. me opportunities for growth. They're telling me where things can go wrong with a positive mindset to fixing those. They're part of the success plan. You know, they're part of wanting to win. They're loving their environment. I want flourishing employees in my organization. Yeah, so that's a beautiful word. I love that you've said that. Sean, thank you for sharing just some of those insights. I know that we've only scratched the surface. I wanted to talk about my coffee addiction and how... How you reliably inform me that I'm actually drinking mold. So maybe uh, people should check you out and find out a bit more about that. But that certainly helped me with my coffee addiction to know that I was enjoying mold <laughs> more really often than I should. Can't unlearn, right? <laughs> can't unlearn, can't unsee. <laughs> but, you know, small steps really do make the difference. But having the information around the right steps to take and that information being relevant to you and your body type and how you're built and how you function, I think that's really, really vital information. So if you're listening today, whether you're an executive just looking for improvement for yourself or whether you're an executive looking to bring about positive change in your organization around the areas of well-being, check out Sean Tucker and the incredible work that he does over at Healthy CEOs. Sean, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sally. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks very much for tuning in. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode and what you took away from it. I'd also love to know what topics you're interested in hearing about in the future and which experts you think should be featured on this Board Success podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please share with your colleagues who might also have an interest and make sure you click to follow or subscribe to be advised of our upcoming episodes. 
In the meantime, if you're a leader or a successful executive and you're looking to launch your board career, or if you're an established non-executive director and you're ready for the next level, check out the resources we have available for you on the website at boardcoachinginstitute.com.au. Until next time, here's to your board success.